with Moses, the Jews had a, a man who had a threefold ministry. He was priest, prophet, and king. As a priest, he offered sacrifice to God on behalf of the people. As prophet, he spoke God's word to the people. He delivered God's message. And as king, of course, he ruled over the people as well. And over time, the ministry that had resided in Moses was fragmented. It was fractured. And the Jews uh, were left without uh, a single person in incorporating all three of those missions. And they longed for a king, and so they, they asked God for a king. We want somebody to rule over us like everyone else. All the other nations have a king. And so finally the Lord granted the Israelites a king, and one of the subsequent kings, of course, perhaps the most famous, David, we hear of his anointing in the first reading today. Now Jesus is called many things, uh, referring to back to the Old Testament. He's called the new Adam. He's called the new David. And he's called the new Moses. Because in Jesus, all three of those ministries or functions are brought back together. You know, the prophets had their own thing. You had kings, right? And you had, what's the other one? Priests. Figures. I'd forget that one. So, <laughs> so they're the, the ministry of priests as well. In Jesus, all three are brought back together once more. Priest, prophet, and king. But when he is, you know, questioned by Pilate about the manner or the nature of his kingship, Pilate just simply doesn't understand when Jesus says that my kingdom does not belong to this world. He doesn't understand. And of course, there are many times that the Israelites wanted to make Jesus king. The feeding of the 5,000. And he fed all these people and they thought, this is great. A king who gives us bread. Let's make him king. And he runs off. They wanted to make him king at the entry, the, the joyous entry into Jerusalem. But he would not allow it. He never sought worldly power. You know, even when Satan tempted him in the desert, that was one of the temptations to worldly power. And Jesus would not take it. He could have. He could have, of course, you know, reveled in his popularity and just sought, you know, platitudes and adulation if he merely wanted to rule the earth. But his mission was his father's mission. And so we, we confront him here then at the end, which is kind of interesting because it's the end of the church year, uh, but it's also just about the end of his earthly life until he rises again. And it's a strange way to commemorate a king because the same thing that perhaps might confuse us about his kingship confused those around him. You know, Caesar was a king. Other nations had kings. A king had authority. A king had the ability to, if you will, save himself. Right? Because he had power. And so they mock him. You've been condemned. You there hanging on the cross. Save yourself if you're a king. They mock him. They deride him. Because in their minds, kingship 
is not tied to an instrument of death. Kingship is a throne. Kingship is someone who commands armies and nations. And the Lord could have come down off his cross and saved himself, saved his earthly life, in a sense. I mean, he had the power to. He couldn't have because his will was always aligned with his Father's will, but he certainly had the power to come down off his cross. It's not that he lacked power. The difference with Christ is that his throne would be the cross. When he was raised up on the cross, that would be his throne. That would be in the moment when everybody had thought he had radically failed. That would be the moment of man's greatest victory. Not just man's greatest victory, but God's. The God-made man, his greatest victory. For on the cross and on that throne, he saved his people and reunited them with himself and his heavenly Father. We'd like him, I think, at times to be an earthly king. Fix stuff. Can't you fix, you know, the nation? Can't you fix health care? Can't you fix... There's so many things that are broken. Can't you fix suffering? Can't you fix uh, predation? Can you not fix poverty? Can you not... We want him to fix all this earthly stuff. And he doesn't. And he didn't fix it all then. And he will not. Because his kingdom encompasses a greater vision than merely temporal reality, making our lives easier. He reigns over all things in the heavens and in the earth. He reigns over everything. The greatest act of power is not to be able to merely command an army or command people to do something. The greatest act of power, omnipotence from God, was to be able to become man, to die on the cross, so that all of us might be freed of our sins and the gates of heaven would be opened. In God's eyes, this is the greatest act of power. And so many of them didn't get it, right? The, the, the soldiers and the rulers were jeering him, and then, you know, the, the, the two criminals. And the one criminal said the same thing. You know, you saved others, save yourself. And then save us, save me as well. He was thinking of earthly salvation, as it were. Get me out of this. Just get me out of this short-term problem. But the other one, the other criminal, the other criminal didn't probably completely understand who Jesus was. But he clearly had some sense that he was God, that he was the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. He tells the other one to be quiet, and he says to Jesus the famous words, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He understands that the kingdom is different. He understands that Jesus is different, but he probably doesn't understand everything that Jesus could do for him. But he submits to him. He submits to him as one ought to submit to a king, a rightful king. And he says, just remember me. Don't forget me. 
don't forget me. Archbishop Fulton Sheen labeled the good thief the thief who stole heaven. At the final moments of his life, he was able to receive salvation, and it was promised him. So, for ourselves, kingship, the kingship of Jesus, what does it mean for us? It can't mean that Jesus is going to fix everything. It can't mean that all the suffering goes away, all the adversity goes away, all the things we don't like go away in this life. It can't mean that, because it's never meant that. But perhaps it can just mean something like what the good thief said. Lord, I I don't really know what you're up to most of the time. You don't tend to tell me, and very often you don't answer my prayers. And it seems as though you allow me to fall into pits all the time. But Lord, remember me. Just remember me when you come into your kingdom. This last Sunday of ordinary time, we have the ability to focus in on the meaning of life, of what this is all about, to let go of all of the petty things that we hold on to, the meaninglessness, the hopelessness, and focus ourselves on Jesus Christ, who offers us salvation, and merely, merely what it requires is to ask for it. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Please stand.